0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here for another thrilling, tantalising episode of the Bond Daft Project. Ranking Bond continues. We are now on to the worst scores. Uh, For a second I have to remember there. (laughs) We've done so many. And joined with me for this one, Gordon Webster. Good afternoon, Commander Barry. And Steve McCall.
1: A uh, very good afternoon to you both.
0: Good afternoon, guys. Bond aficionados, we of course again missing Francis Murphy. He is still out, uh, sore back. Unfortunately, is stopping him from joining. I, d- I messaged him. It doesn't sound like he's going to make it for today. Unfortunately, he his quote is uh, he is lying like a dead man. So that doesn't sound like he's got the uh, energy to join us for this one. Um, now this one. I don't envision this one taking too long, actually. I don't know how you guys feel. There's not many I've got as worst score. I generally love most of the scores. So there's only about one or maybe even two nominees I'm going to put on this list. Uh, we'll, as again, we'll keep to the same structure where we'll pick a winner and two runners up. And yeah, so let's see what we've got here. I'm going to start this one because uh, I've usually went last. So I'll start as my nominee. My nominee is For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. Yeah, was that a big surprise? No, it doesn't sound like it. This is the one we did criticise quite heavily on the... I was listening to it last night, actually, for the first time in ages, um, our, our last podcast. Right, uh, as a second option, I'm going to check if... I don't think Fran nominated... This is what the he didn't nominate any. So he said a similar thing, he doesn't really feel there was any strong ones at all. Uh, weak, really weak ones.
2: Yeah, again, it's... I, I just... It's hard saying the word "worst" because even yeah, even my lowest ranked ones, I do really like bits of them. We and to me, there's one the Bond theme in for your eyes only, I do like as
0: well. It's the only one in the, in the score that I actually like, but it's, it's still very good. So then, yeah. it's it's probably maybe we, we maybe change the name of the category to least favourite or something. Um, so for your eyes only, um, I think really I I'm torn possibly to add in. Yeah, I'll put it on. We can discuss it. The Man with the Golden Gun.
1: Interesting. Seems fair.
0: It's not a strong one. I don't feel like it... um, And also, there's just a couple of little bits that maybe didn't sit right with me, but other than that, it's actually still a fine score. So again, um, the other one that comes to mind is Diamonds Are Forever. But again, similar comments that I don't think it's even that bad a score. I just think it's least favourite. There are some tracks on that that mm, don't work for me. Um there's one that's quite laughable actually uh, so I'll add it to the list yeah that's,
2: that's it for me, is there anything uh, Gordon, you wanted to add to this list? Let me think, because you've got at least a couple that I would have mentioned as my least favourite scores, which would be Fewer Eyes Only and um, the latter one there, mm-hmm. let me think now I had them in my head <laughs> I've not written them down um, hmm. I'm trying to what
0: think from my re-listen what other ones struck out to me, like the the Bond theme in The Spy Who Loved Me is dated as hell, but, but I don't mind it so much. It's not, like, aggravating or anything. It's kind of funny, like, bow, 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 bow.
2: Yeah, I, f- <laughs> I love that, but again, I saw that from such a young age, and it just it suits Roger's Bond. If it, if it wasn't Roger, I don't think it would have held up anything like the way it does not in, in my mind at the moment, really, but... Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to start with 1999's The World Is Not Enough. Okay, I'm surprised at that, actually. Alright. Okay. Anything else? And ooh, I'm going to say, now I was going to go with a Thomas Newman one, but there there is some good, again, there's some good stuff in there, but I, it's not memorable enough for me to comment too much either way. I don't think there's, there's no sort of bad cues, it's just maybe not memorable enough, so I'm going to yeah. I'm going to go with a controversial one here. I'm going to say, and I know this is not going to go the distance, and it's not going to go down well, 1995's oh, golden I knew it. Oh,
1: Shut gonna... the door, out there's a
2: draft. Oh.
1: I'm going to grab my popcorn and just sit and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. I'm just
2: putting it, it's merely just for a mention, because I mean, I've said enough about it. It's Because I know it's not going to rank at the bottom, but it's just, uh to, you know, it's just, I suppose, showing the difference in opinion, really. I
0: know, I know. You, you've lost your Bondav privileges, but... Uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I lost lost most of them a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dokie. Uh, any of the others, or is that you done with that? No, no, that'll go with that. Because I was going to say Diamonds Are Forever, which, again, a lot of love for, but uh, certainly John Barry's least impressive.
0: Mm. Okay. Steve, any you want to add to this?
1: The only one on my list which just got a brief mention there, I think, which I am going to throw in, is I think the spy who loved yeah. Me. Yeah. Okay. Just I think, yeah, purely it's not whether or not this is a bad score or whether or not it just doesn't quite work with the film, I think is gonna be the argument that comes up. But okay. that's the one that I'm gonna to add to the list.
0: Fair play. Yeah, I mean it has certainly dated, it certainly I could see it on there. I was toying with it as well. Um so yeah, fair play for adding it. Okay. There we go. We have six films to discuss. um I'm gonna go ahead and take the easy option to start this one. I'm gonna highlight one to I think is a lock in and I think mostly we can maybe at least agree for your eyes only to me as the as a definite lock in as one of the worst scores for the franchise uh I found this one really at times jarring confusing, it didn't really fit, it didn't really I found it just not a great not memorable as well but also memorable in the worst ways Um, it kind of actually detracted from a lot of some of the fantastic stunts for me and just gives the film this sort of silly tone but the last third is where it picks up a little when the uh the sort of rock climbing section Um. Yeah. when Bond's scaling to the hideout and the Bond theme kicks in. I remember enjoying that, so it's not all bad, but it is definitely, when you're up against all the other stuff, this is by far Bond's weakest score, for me anyway. So, For Your Eyes Only has been highlighted. Steve, uh, you obviously mentioned Spy Who Loved Me. Um, is that one you would want to lock in then? You would consider locking in?
1: I think that's the one that I... Are you able to share the... Oh, yeah, of oh, just... course. No, just, it's, it's handy if I've got it in front of me, so of I can remember what's what. I <laughs>
0: forgot. Right,
1: I just obviously. remember it being a sort of, um, I ju- I just remember it being a weird disco way soundtrack, and obviously it kind of it was, it worked at the time. It was very, I suppose, all of its time, but I remember thinking that it didn't quite match the action that was going on, mm-hmm. and it obviously dated quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's, there are some. I, I did manage to sort of take a quick listen through it because I thought I would better at least consider it uh, on its merits. And it does have some quite good... I, I, there's something about Bond 77 that I actually quite like, but...
0: Um, actually, I've just remembered you're too- one of <laughs> you the... You
2: warming to it.
0: No, the thing is, I'm actually, as Steve is talking, I've just remembered one of the things that... For me, that film is one of the best Bond films. However, there is a section for me where the music ruins the, the film, and it's that section in the desert. When the car break, the van breaks down and the music switches to this silly, uh, comic kind of music. And I just think the tone just is too on the nose, too daft, and it's, it just is distracting. And I think actually I'd forgotten about that. For me, actually, now talking about this file of me, I kind of think it actually
1: is a strong one to go on the list. But I'll let you finish, Steve. Uh, that I think is basically what I. I knew there was a bit that didn't work and it is, I'm going back through my notes and I've just got it, says funky disco soundtrack to Peril and I assume that is actually the Peril that you're talking about. I think that might be the scene that uh, I mean. So I just, it's not not a bad soundtrack, it just jars, it doesn't quite work with the film that it's supposed to be overlaying. So I think that's the only reason I put it on there. So,
0: you want to lock this one in?
1: Yeah, I'll lock that one in.
0: For now anyway. Uh, Yep. Okay, Gordon. Which of these others do you feel we can lock in potentially as a uh, top three?
2: Yeah do do you need to go down that list? I feel like I'm missing one or two there. Uh, there is only another four. Oh, is there. that it? Right. Yeah. Um, right? Um,
0: right. Just to be clear for the listener, we've got the man with the golden gun, "Diamonds Are Forever," "The World Is Not Enough," and "Goldeneye" on this list, still.
2: Yeah. Um, I would say. I'm not going to lock in GoldenEye, because it's clearly it's not it's not gonna it's, it's gonna just lock itself out again. So I'm going to go with the the other one which I put in, which is the world's not enough. Now and again, I like it. Um, I feel it's it's very much intertwined with Die Another Day. So some of the the pros and cons I'm going to say I applied to both. I think where Die Another Day is maybe a bit better in terms of the score. The score <laughs> is it feels a bit more classic Bond and maybe it. Um, just a bit more, a bit more sort of captivating and dramatic. That I mean, the, part of the reason that they're so similar is, is there's even one or two shorter cues that David Arnold reuses in Die Another Day, and the certain ones that are very similar. But I feel that the getting into the late nineties, early two thousands, that that sense of Brosnan's Bond becoming more of an action hero, and getting, there's been maybe too many set pieces. Mm. Um. The the music sort of went along with that. It became a bit too, a bit too sort of electronicy, almost techno. Where it felt like sort of mistimed a lot of the time, like offbeat. You can look at um, like say the the opening um, "Gun ball sequence to die another day, for example, where the it seems a bit offbeat and something not right there. But I feel "Die Another Day" is just slightly more memorable. And yeah, the I just feel David Arnold's best work was kind of reserved for. His first two Craig films, and then above that, Tomorrow Never Dies. And it's just, it's just not a particularly memorable, um, score for me. The World's Not Enough is, as is, is good. And at times it's, um, you know, it can, as best it can be, slightly edgy, slightly sensual, maybe in one or two of the kind of love scenes, um, mm-hmm. or where, you know, love is alluded to. So yeah, good, but, um, like, Light like was said in one of those two films, Course, but No Cigar.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, The World Is Not Enough. I've only listened back uh, once, really. Um, I can mostly agree with that. Uh, I'd need to re-watch the film. It's kind of the next one I'll be watching i my sort of rewatching of the films um, yeah. to kind of see how it fits in with the film. I remember when we watched it as part of the project, I did enjoy it, and if I, I remember, quote co- commenting at the time, I think I preferred it or noticed the score more than Tomorrow Never Dies. So yeah, that's why I was a bit surprised that this one came up.
2: Um, could, yeah, could I suggest another quick thing about the world's not enough, Steve? Of course. I I just thought of the now, in, I think just for all the films, there is the the Bond theme is used to varying degrees. Different composers, David Arnold did some good versions of it. Sometimes it does isn't isn't really the most memorable version and doesn't work well with a, with a particular set piece. I feel it's also, you could say part of our reasoning behind some of these choices, or mine anyway, is the not necessarily the music, stand alone, but the music, whether it's used well or not used well in a particular scene, I feel that the, see the, the Bond theme, I think where we like to hear the, the Bond theme is just when Bond's doing something cool, some kind of action set piece, Something which you just think, you know, like, yes. Like, for example, I suppose you could say, for example, the barefoot water skiing and Licence to Kill or Golden the Tank Chase or Bond doing the ski jump at the beginning of Spy Who of Me. But it's used quite badly when Bond, I don't know if you remember when Bond um, and Christmas Jones are in the, it's the big silo, and Ren- Renard escaped. They managed to escape that Bond. It's like some kind of elevator, and, and Christmas Jones like, who are you? And then Bond hmm. is just like... He starts the, the Bond-James Bond line, goes, Bond! And then there's this, like, kind of over the top, like the elevator thing shoots up to the top, big explosion, and it stops, and he's just like very kind of um, backhandedly, just like, James Bond. It's just it's just not the best Bond-James Bond line. It's I don't think that's a kind of cool enough scene for that to be used, and that's obviously the bits... When Bond, for the casual observer, that's a it's a big thing when you hear those lines, and I feel the likes of there, it just wasn't the best use of it. But I don't know if that's too much of a criticism of David Arnold, or rather the the actual director.
0: I I would say, in that point, it sounds more like it's really the director and the writing there, and the editor potentially. But yeah, um, as for that uh, James Bond line, it sounds like they're just trying to be too cool, (laughs) like, and it's backfired a
2: little. It sounds. I need to rewatch that. Um, just... I guess it's even an even worse like because it, it it takes away from the the impact of the the Bond theme where it is used wrong. because I think it's used even to an even worse degree. The Bond theme in in uh, Die another day in the next film where that that terrible, completely fake CGI. Um, hand glider over over the icy water sequence Mm. with brosan when he's in iceland and and it's like that's meant to be cool but it's not cool because it's it's terribly put together yeah but again that's maybe more like a choice i just thought it was a an aspect worth
0: mentioning no definitely i can see that If, if the bond theme has been used at a certain point that doesn't work then i suppose there is an element of blame to be put to the composer um of the score maybe for the for that choice Okay, interesting. We have three highlighted and obviously there is only three of us to argue. Fran didn't put any forward so he he doesn't his say wouldn't really help us decide any of them anyway. Now I I put in The Man of the Golden Gun. I will cut it. I don't think it's I think some of it is catchy and the motif that runs through it from the theme is actually really good so it's certainly the only thing that I think when I think about this film I think of the slide whistle and that is actually part of the score if you
1: listen to I was going to ask if uh if sound effects count towards the score because if so, then it would absolutely deserve a place because I, that, as I, we've discussed, is one of the most iconic stunts in film. Yeah. And it's it's almost ruined.
0: Yeah. That is kind of when I was listening to the YouTube version of the score, I think it was on you it might have been on Spotify. That is one of the tracks or stuff that I don't know if it was part of a song mm. it just came on and I couldn't believe it. You know, I had to stop and it's like what? Highlighting that. Um so yeah, that to me that kinda of, you know took me out a little and that would be why it gets there. It is a crazy reason to put it up there as a top three, considering there is a lot of great stuff in there. I fully acknowledge that. Yeah. I think he did yeah. some great stuff. Yeah. I think he's the motif used from the actual title theme, The Man of the Golden Gun, was used well. There's an Eastern flavour to a lot of it um, for, you know, obviously they were going for the sort of martial arts uh, theme of the film. Like, that That was kind of the setting, wasn't it? So There's two
2: parts of the score that I think are probably yeah. up there, like, in my sort of Favorite bits of Bond music, though. I mean, just a quick point I was going to make, Steve, was that the first of all, the when Scaramanga is doing his first gun battle in his funhouse with the gangster, it's really, really edgy. but That you know, that's really up there with me in terms of like individual tracks and the whole Bond catalogue and yeah. the way it just uh, it can it just beautifully conveys the the darkness of Scaramanga's character. And I think even better is the the second one late in the film when he's doing battle with Bond because he it perfectly kind of melts together the Bond theme into that kind of edgy Scaramanga theme in the funhouse. And it's, it's, there's a lot of flutes. It's just very orchestral. And it's, and the impact of that whole, it's like a, I think it's a trumpet, it's like ba-da-ba. It's like trumpets and percussion at the Mm -hmm. same time. You kind of get that with Lulu's title theme as well. So I think that, they really kind of, although it's maybe not the best score overall, those there's like one or two sort of killer individual tracks yeah. within it. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. I nominated it, but fully aware that it was not making the top three. I think it just needed to be highlighted for... And Barry has since said that he regretted some of the decisions, especially with the slide whistle. Um. So yeah, it's... it's uh, I think it's fair to cut this one. I, I think uh, it doesn't make the top three. Right... We've got two others then that were not highlighted after we nominated them. Um, Gordon, let's tackle Goldeneye. Obviously, you (laughs) nominated this one. I, like obviously said, this is my (laughs) favourite. And it was nominated on the previous list of best by me and Fran. Uh, Obviously, I I, I get the criticism here. Uh, It's a weird score. There is parts where it's not completely... Authentic to the bond, and also that you know the, the scenes that kind of might distract a little, but I think worst to to get above the others. I don't think it it would make it. Would you agree on that?
2: For me, it's and this again been completely subjective. It's probably within the bottom three, and the reason is because for your eyes only is maybe the worst for me, and I think the criticisms you could level for your eyes only are very similar to my own for gold now, because I feel they're both very random scores they both are just there's some individual killer tracks but there's some individual ones that are just out of place for me Goldeneye is more evocative like
0: I hear Goldeneye and I can feel that I'm in that bunker I'm in Mm. the you know that facility and in in Siberia and all of these things the moment I I talked about in the podcast when Urumov and uh, Zenya are coming down the the steps into the bunker, and it's that sort of ratcheting up a wee bit of tension there. Mm-hmm. And then he says he he says the line to the computer security device. He says uh, Arkady Grievo- Grigorovich Urumov, head of space division. And in that yeah. gong sound, as soon as the the yeah. it, it authentic like, the authentic, he got the clear. It just oh, gives me a, r- a kick. It's like you just know that he's going to do some really bad shit. Gives you a what? It just gives me that it's a kick or something, like a buzz, like I just love it. I just I just um yeah. So I, I don't feel like For Your Eyes Only, if that's what we're comparing it to, I don't I don't have that feeling at all from that film. I don't think there's I don't there's no evocative kind of feelings I get from it. I just feel it's not great.
2: Well a strength of For Your Eyes Only I don't know you maybe get this in Goldeneye, but there was some some of the films if I'm really pinpointing individual strengths and, and weaknesses in and, and they're all great composers, obviously, did all the Bond films. They all had a, or I think just about all of them had a knack of really kind of bringing you into a certain scene or exotic or non-exotic part of the world. The likes of Few Eyes Only, I love how when the likes of Bond arrives in Cortina, there's a very, I think that's in Italy, there's a sort of like slightly Italian sound to, the, sound to the music which brings you into that world. And I think even more so when he goes to Spain at the beginning of the film and you see him driving the Quite lotus before it gets destroyed it's this sort of like it's, it's really sort of i don't know how you describe uh, it um yeah. sort of like my whatever you call it just it it's like the music of that sort of culture True. but they're stretching it a bit for you guys only because they play that music too much they play a different once that car chase starts with bond and melina and the citron they bring it in later, and it's like, you've already done that, and it's just, you know, it's it's too kind of un-Bond-like to keep doing it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but GoldenEye, I suppose you could see like, where they really bring you into the scene there, it's like, Severnaya. is, like, dark, it's mm-hmm. real dark music, I mean, you nailed it, Steve, like, saying, obviously that I can completely go along with that, the way, uh, um, you know, of mm-hmm. you get, you really get the sense of it being a cold, uh-huh. dark, Siberian afternoon yep. and then but again but they could be doing but then they're sort of losing it it loses marks because you've got Natalia out in the, the snow in Severnaya and it, it's that it's that music is just where it's really jarring to me when Natalia's after the dishes exploded and she finds the, the huskies and, and all that it's yeah that just detracts for
0: me. this is obviously just this is where it comes down to personal taste isn't it uh, yeah for me i don't mind it i think the light and the dark yeah. is is what it, why it works but completely uh agree um steve how do you feel about it do you feel that can it would make the list or would you cut it
1: i would i would take Goldeneye off this list i think in fairness i like i said i don't like natalia's theme that is a bit of a shame but beyond that, I actually quite like, I like the Soviet sounds. I think it matches the film particularly well, particularly as we mentioned in some of the darker parts. So I I would support this being cut.
0: Okay. Gordon, are you okay with cutting it?
2: Yeah, listen, man, like I said, I'm a lone wolf when it comes <laughs> to Goldeneye. I mean, because I understand you guys what I love. I, you know, I completely respect that, and there is bits that really work for me. Okay. So, but yeah, of course, man, let's uh, let's get that off the list.
0: Right, GoldenEye's been cut. We only have four left, three highlighted. The only one we haven't really spoke about in depth is Diamonds Are Forever. Um, I nominated this one, um, again, mentioning that I think it's actually got some great moments in it. There's some moments that definitely don't work for me. It's got a very porn-sounding feel to some <laughs> of the... Um, the sax and things like that, I think it's a bit yeah, fair enough, it's the 60s uh, or no, it was the early 70s actually was 71 wasn't it? So maybe at the time it didn't seem as cheesy or whatever, sort of uh, seedy, I think
2: it's got a seedy feel to I it. I think, yeah, and I a, think... Se- a seediness, yeah. yeah, and a sleaziness maybe, yeah, I sleaziness, don't know, I'm not yeah. sure about you, like like porn, but <laughs> sleazy okay. seedy are words
0: that come to mind I, and then there's the theme that plays I do, the only theme I do like Obviously, oh, so it plays the Bond theme now and then and things like that, which is always usually great. I think I don't think that, that was too bad, but um, I did quite like Went, uh, Winton Kids kind of odd music. This sort of mysterious kind of vibe it had. Um, I did quite like that. Every time it showed you them or a scene with them in it, that theme would play. So I did kind of like that. And then there's moments as well. I will admit that the the, the actually now thinking about it. I can't. It's 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 fighting for the world is not enough. I don't know if the world is not enough might edge it just for the fact that I don't really remember a lot of the world is not enough. But the Diamonds Are Forever score had the moments where the Bond theme was playing. It was quiet, and it reminded me of what they would do in the games. It kind of as Bond's kind of like walking around, and it 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 points. It's you know it's much better than the film. It's you know the actual film. Um, but it, and then the the worst scene. So the the reason I would put it on though would be that moon buggy car chase sequence music that's, I don't know if it's flutes or something, but it's quite it's jarring, again, is the word I would use. It's a bit it reminded me of a computer game, I think it was Zelda's music or something like that. It just sounded a bit <laughs> silly. It didn't feel, feel feel like it fitted and it it's just a bit kind of streaking, you know.
2: What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I can kind of echo that. Steve, yeah. I feel there's a I agree with what you're saying in terms of strengths. Winton Kid's theme I like because it's, mm. it's, it's creepy. It's very creepy sounding and dark sounding and there's a darkness and a creepiness to Wint and Kid, although they're very exaggerated villains, very exaggerated henchmen. There's, I think that's one of the best parts. The bit where you use the Bond theme are, are very, very good. There's a, there's a sort of, um, there's a swagger and uh, a real kind of attitude to the, by like each sort of sort of subdued blast of the trumpet, that he gradually builds up to the main Bond theme. The likes of when you see the hovercraft and Bond's in the sequence with Money Penny at the customs when he's posing his he's getting an IED to become Peter Franks, and then it's the I really don't like the it's the music around the the moon buggy chase, like you rightly said, and the the casino scenes, and I guess that it was more of a sort of regular. Everyday person's sort of sleazy Las Vegas casino compared to the the sort of more upper class venues in like you know the Monte Carlo one or the one in Nassau or whatever where there's a bit more classic. So it was in keeping with that, but just it's just that sort of take. That's where the film itself is taking me out of the Bond world a little bit.
0: Yeah, you feel like. I mean it's weird we're given if we're to nominate this one or put it on the list it's almost being punished for being the score to that film because it's the film that it's, it's done it's yeah. best maybe you could argue John Barry's done his best to try and write the score for this film and that sleaziness is part of that film isn't it? That kind of humour that Guy Hamilton had in this film Um, Tom Mankiewicz is a writer as well. Steve what's your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah I'm trying to work out how much of my, not anger but sort of disdain is towards the film itself, rather than the yeah. to the memories of the score. Again, I'm kind of going back just now and listening through bits of it, and I'm getting sort of flashbacks of the film and going ugh. <laughs> so I, yeah. But as you said, I don't know how much that is the fault of the score, and I think you're right in that John Barry's probably done his best with what he had to work with. Um, so, I mean, overall, it's it's definitely not up there with the best, but yeah. um is it the worst? I would struggle to. I would struggle to argue enough of a case for it being the worst. But I think that's just my sort of slight lack of arguments. Yeah, uh, so I can be swayed on this one.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. Like for me, I think the two for your Eyes only a spy who loved me would be in this, and I, it's between the world is not enough and diamonds. The world is not enough. I don't really have a gripe with as such. It's just that it's maybe just not as memorable, and it. In my head is just a generic action movie score, but I will say that I've maybe not listened to it enough to kind of feel the nuances and watch the film again. Um, so Gordon, you're you're kind of you may you may have the final say on this one. What do you feel between diamonds and the world is not enough, or or do you Whoa. feel that Spy Who Loved Me should be the one that cut? I suppose I wouldn't I want to assume that you because I know you prefer that. Don't you? Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I mean another. The last thing I was going to say about Diamonds Are Forever is John Barry, he's kind of capturing a kind of sound of diamonds in certain parts similar to how they, I think they did that quite well in the title song as well but yeah, for all the reasons we mentioned, it's not really up there. Spyhole of me, I I would take Spyhole of me out personally and again, it's maybe just about personal bias because I saw this film from a very young age. I didn't think about who scored it or Quite how different it took me years to realize how different it was compared to the others on a similar level to Few Eyes Only and Goldeneye. But I think Bond 77 is a, a great thing because I think it just really sort of announced 1970s. It just it suited Roger's Bond, especially like when it's first used in the ski sequence. And there's an edgier version used underwater when, when you know, him and Anya are in Lotus. and nice version i mean again you got to admire marvin hamless trying something different with this score and he, he really i think also he really and i mentioned how in few eyes only like bill conti sort of brings you into the world of spain and italy where it's similar to like goldfinger obviously the big sort of miami music um it kind of brings you into that world and similarly i think in spy love mate, does that with certain places like egypt and cairo there's that you know, it's like a guy shouting. It's like a wah oh, wah 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 wah. That whole thing when you mm. see Bond in Cairo, it's like and and the music. I like like the pyramids when you know when they're in that sort of temple where Jaws is hiding from Bond and Anya. It really. But then again, it's brought down like you said. The really weird choice when they're when Bond and Anya and the van's broken down. It's just I don't know what they're really doing there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's, and then it's just, it's like every time there's a slight downer, there's something that brings it right back up again. You've got, I think Hamlish does this amazing version of the Bond theme and, and the La Paris at the end when, when Bond's trying to, you know, he's, he's kind of getting riding in the back of the, the big explosive. And it, it's, it's sort of like, I, I feel like the sound of the sea with the whole Stromberg and his, Organization. I don't. I don't know how much of this really is, is sort of personal bias because this was this living like die and yeah. and Goldfinger I saw from such a young age and it's it's hard, man. It's but I just don't think there's too there's sort of too many flaws in the other ones to um that I don't think Spy Horn is quite as bad for.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm almost punishing it purely for that um that section in the in the desert with the. With the weird switch up in the comedy music, um, the Bond theme itself being a little dated, I suppose as well. Um, for me, I don't mind it too much, but it, it's for me, it's not the best. Uh, but I also respect the time it came out in, and I fully can appreciate that. I don't uh, wouldn't um hold it against it too much. So yeah, yeah this is tough. See, <laughs>
2: uh, so there's probably people out there that would say by this point, um, see, after *Man with the Golden Gun*, you'd had, um, you had had. Nine films, I think, um, seven with John Barry scores. And I I don't know if, I think some people's argument is like Bond needed updated musically and it was always just John barry things that can trend out. But they were brave, Light Will Live Die, they were brave enough to change it up again and bring up maybe a more kind of forward-thinking mm-hmm. composer. Because John barry was obviously really like a jazz man, very kind of brass line. I would say also Marvin Hamlis, he sounds to me more of a piano Composer because he uses there's some great piano cues. The uh, another because another strength. See, this is maybe where the others don't quite match it. The you, it help I think Hamish helps buy into the love story between Bond and Anya. The he does it. He does a there's a repeated use of the nobody does it better through the piano that's used and just it's very soft, like, It's very subtle, but you you know you could you could equate that on a similar level to the likes of Vespers theme, which I think's mostly piano led. And it just really kind of gets under my skin, just in a, like, a positive way, do you know? Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, mm, strong but, argument. But, you know, I can I can see, I can completely see your arguments again, like, yeah. you know, if you want me to concede it, I'll, uh, I'll hold my hands up.
0: Steve, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, it's a tricky one. I think we've narrowed it down to the right films. I... I'm not entirely sure, kind of yeah, where to go, because I, I mean, I, I say I, I'm obviously the one who, in this category, champions uh, the spy who loves me, but I can appreciate that it's of its time, and if yeah. they were looking for an update, audiences, I imagine, will have loved that because that's exactly what was cool at the time, um, and I suppose we're looking at it from a somewhat um, some some years into the future, and that it, it has has dated a lot it's not quite um it doesn't quite stand the test of time is the phrase i was after so yeah
0: i for me it's still on there but it's not the winner or any any such it's just
1: no it's i think it it justifies being i would say it justifies being top three at least and like i said it's not a criticism of the score it just i don't think it quite matches the film in parts Um, They've kind of gone for what's cool over what's appropriate.
0: Maybe. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, Okay, so the one to cut then. Um, Would we suggest cutting Diamonds
1: Are Forever then? I would be... I think that's fair enough because, again, it's... it's, I'm going to quit listening back there. It's not too bad a score. It does have its decent moments. It's just a particularly bad film. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that might be the issue with that one. Um, the score might be... I think we did comment that the score was probably the best thing about it, aside from a couple of the the, the moon buggy chase for me. Um, Gordon, do you think we can cut Diamonds Are Forever and that is our final three? Obviously, mm, you I know have, it, you've got reservations, I'm guessing, yeah. on the Spy Who Love Me.
2: You have a point. I'm trying to compare them all in simple terms. And I'm thinking somehow Diamonds Are Forever feels the most does it feel the most bonding? I don't know. Maybe that, or the world's not enough. Um, for your eyes only and Spy Who Love Me are probably the two most experimental mm. out of the lot. So that's maybe an argument as well. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, this is tough. This is. I tough. mean, or do you say like which one gives you the feel of the film best? I think Spy Who Love Me feels right for that film because there's a very much a sort of like under underwater theme um, and a love theme that are two. The, they're the they're kind of two of the main themes of the movie. And I think that comes across in how much you score Diamonds are Forever. It's like a sort of like sleazy casino mm-hmm. feel and a sort of like edgy Blofeld spectre thing. So I feel that sort of does it, but then for your eyes only, the is not enough. It's like they're sort of on the fence. So I think this is hard. I mean, maybe I will just go along with Diamonds are Forever. It's John Barry. There's a lot of the classic Barry traits there. Percussion, mm-hmm. the lead guitar. Lead electric guitar, which is goddess, and I don't know if that was a welcome return because I don't, I don't know if the sort of synthesizer led Bond theme out of Majesty's was quite, um, what a lot of people were happy with. So they brought the they made the score a bit more classic, I think, for for Diamonds, and yeah, there's that. It really gives like the you know went and kid kid the sort the menace factor repeatedly using that. That theme. You know, Jaws doesn't kinda quite have his own theme spy all of me. I don't think Renard's really got a theme and for your eyes only it's a bit sort of all over the place. So I'm I'm starting to agree with you guys maybe take out Diamonds Are Forever.
0: Okay. Okay, we will agree on that then. We have our final three. Diamonds are forever has been cut. So now I think the winner I think is for your eyes only. Um is that uh controversial or do we all agree on that?
2: Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like it. There's, do you know, see for so many years, cause I've always loved Three Eyes Only as a film, Steve. There always just, in terms of Roger's catalogue, his seven films, there was always something about that that felt different. And I don't know, it's such a simple thing. It's so obviously the music is one of the main things, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I just thought, there's, what is it? <laughs> there's just, it's like, it's almost like a colour. It's a very sort of like, um, if you think of like, Living Like Die is a very red tinted film. Man Who with the Golden Guns got a very kind of orangey who. Um, Moonraker is like a kind of dark blackish space hue. Spy Love is sort of bluish. And then for Your Eyes Only, it's like there isn't, it doesn't really know what it is, really. And, and I suppose you could say that about the music. It's, yeah, it's just, it's very experimental, very different. I like, like I said, um, Bill Conti does well to sort of bring you into a culture. Like with Spain, with Italy, um, and he does his own versions of the Bond theme really well. Like when him and Molina are in the little sort of <clears throat> mini submarine underwater, there's a lovely version of the the Bond theme there. Um, he he's got the sort of wawa trumpets, which I really love, which is a huge sort of signature part of just getting that Bond flavour. But then you've got probably my least favourite cue in the whole film. It's the that Steve McCall mentioned obviously it gives you a sort of winter Olympic sport vibe, you got that with the <laughs> Bond's battling that uh, the blonde-teared henchman, whose um, name I forget, um, working for Crestatos the two of them are battling on skis and it's like, it doesn't feel quite like Bond's world I know on skiing's Bond's world but it's like the big sort of like long jump thing, it's not quite Bond's world that music is just you know, it's like something you would hear in the Olympics, and mm-hmm. then, like I said, they kind—I think—Conti stretches it too far. But that's sort of like um Spanish music, sort of like he lets that run for too long, like in the car chase sequence. Yeah. And then I think it gets—it's sort of a very excessive score. You know, it's like there's maybe too much electric guitar, there's too many instruments playing at the one time. So yeah, it's, there's there's some—it's just a bit of an oddity, really, in the whole score catalogue. Uh, I completely agree. Steve, what about you?
1: Yeah, I I think I pretty much agree with that. Um, <clears throat> not a huge amount more to, to, okay. to add, I don't think. Fair so not. no, I think I think that's absolutely fair. Awesome. Oh,
0: well, there there we go. That one was sorted a bit quicker as, a, as we thought, really. Uh, for Your Eyes Only is the big loser for this one, unfortunately. Uh, is voted as the worst score of the Bond uh, franchise. Followed up as runners up with The World Is Not Enough and The Spy Who Loves Me. Um but I had to add the caveat that these are not horrifically bad, um, especially those last two. They're just they're the weakest of the entire franchise. We do actually like the scores, so it has been tough to get to this point. That is us done with another category, guys. Thank you very much. We will now uh finish this one and reconvene for our next one which is our discussion on our favorite moments with Bond's MI6 colleagues. We will be back for that. Cheerio.
1: Bye-bye.